Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this issue 63 of the DC Primetime Podcast. Uh, holy shit, do we have a lot to talk about. At least uh, with our season finales that have aired this past week. And where do we go from here with the seasons going into next year? So we'll, we'll break down the finales, make some predictions. Uh, but before we go any further, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of pods, I am Rob Martin. And, man, we had a lot going on this week. We had a lot of storylines wrap up. We had some strong finales and some possibly close to perfect finales, in my opinion. Uh, we said goodbye to a character or two. And we're left really open as to where these seasons are going to go next year. But... um yeah, very cliffhangery this year across all the shows. Um, at least the three that wrapped up this week. I mean, Legends, again, cliffhangery, but I mean, the ones here, a lot more uh, weight to them than I anticipated this year. Yeah, um, I mean, very obviously, these shows are extremely confident in themselves that they will be getting next seasons, which I think we've already known at this point anyway. All four of these shows have been renewed. Yeah, um, I think since summer we've known, I think, I believe. Yeah, and, and it was no question that they were going to be. Even in their weakest moments, the shows were still great. So it, it was never any question that these shows were going to get next seasons. And, man, they set up for them uh, a couple things, a couple misleads that we had. Uh, in a couple different shows, uh, I can think of one we had in Supergirl and another one that we had in Arrow. Actually, a lot that we had in Arrow. IMDb, fuck you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, IMDb, for being a complete douche. Um, and, and building up our hopes and crushing them in your hands. Uh, but let's, let's, let's jump right to it. Let's get to the, the DC bullet points part. Where we give each of the three shows our one of three point rankings, uh, sidekick, hero, or legend, if not possibly even higher this week. Uh, starting off first with Supergirl, the season finale, season two, episode 22. Rob, what do you give this one? Sidekick, hero, or legend? Oh, why'd you have to start with me on this one? I'll, uh, I'll go first if you want me to go first. No, no, I think I'm, I'm pretty, I think I'm, I'm set in stone. I, I'm giving it a hero. I think I'm definitely going to give it a hero. It was a really good finale. I, I don't think it measures up, though, in comparison to what we got from Arrow and Flash. So. Okay. Uh, I'm going low-end legend, actually. I, I think um, it was a very strong ending to the season. I, I do agree with what you said before we started recording. It, feel, it felt a little bit rushed, uh, but that's what happens when you don't start your your main you, – you don't start coming down to your, your end point until, like, the penultimate episode of the season. Um, but I still enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, a lot of quirky moments. Um, 
it was great seeing a lot of the characters back. And uh, yeah, so a low-end legend for me on this one. Uh, next up, we have The Flash season finale, season three, episode 23, sidekick hero or legend. It's getting a legend. This was actually, I think, my favorite finale out of The Flash so far since uh, the show's been running. So, uh, Legend for me on this one as well. Strong legend. Uh, this episode not only gets my line of the week, but also um, I think of all three finales, the only one to uh, get me choked up and I think possibly shed a tear. So, and we will talk about this because this was, this is due to a prediction I think that you made last week. So, uh, we'll talk about it when we break it down. Finally, we have Arrow season, the season finale. Uh, this is also, this is season five, episode 23, sidekick hero or legend. Absolute getting a legend. Uh, also the best finale I think Arrow has ever had. Um, and probably the meanest cliffhanger they've also ever done. <laughs> so yeah, that that's for certain. Uh, legend for me as well. This is um, I don't remember if we ever gave anything. I'll put it to you this way: IGN has been very tough in their reviews of all of these shows throughout the year. IGN gave this episode a perfect ten out of ten. Uh, that says a lot, and I'm not questioning that review at all. I am questioning one of their other reviews, though. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah. Uh, Supergirl's finale, I think they gave a 5.6. They gave it a... I have it up on my screen. They gave it a 5.9. 5.9, okay. Yeah, still. Uh, but let's jump into that. Let's let's jump backwards, back to the beginning of these and get into the Secret Origins, uh, where we break down the episodes. And let's start with Supergirl. This is, um, as we mentioned, the season finale, season... To episode 22, nevertheless, she persisted. Supergirl challenges Rhea to battle to save National City. Meanwhile, Superman returns and Cat Grant offers Supergirl some sage advice. Uh, so right off the bat, I want to say one of my favorite things about this episode, and they set it up right from the beginning. I, one of the, my biggest complaints about this show is that with Kara, aka Supergirl being the main character, there have been so many times throughout the run of these first two seasons that other characters shine as being stronger than her. Um, Alex being one of the main culprits of that. They've, they've so many times they've made Alex the stronger character. Not in this episode one bit. She becomes Earth's champion by beating Superman. She beats Superman at his fullest strength. So... You, at the very beginning, when you're going into the season finale, you made it believable that by the end of this, when it's the one-on-one between her and Rhea, she is the person to be Earth's champion. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they set her in the very beginning of this episode to be the strongest of all characters, including bigger than Superman. And I, I love that. I-, I was on board right from the beginning when they did that. Absolutely. I think that was actually really well handled. Um, I, I love they did that. I'm sure it pissed off quite a few people out there. Um, but you know, I, I, I really applaud them for that decision. I think the way that they handled that was great. Yeah. Um, also in the beginning of this episode, let's go into one of the other Mr. X that I had mentioned. We've been talking for a while that General Zod was cast and we were making the predictions and I was saying I didn't want to see General Zod become the big bad of next season. And it looks like I got my wish. Uh, I like how they handled Zod in this, basically just making him a glimpse of Clark's past. 
Um, it was something he was seeing Kara as Zod, uh, which means the Zod storyline has already been done in the, in this world of Superman, which means we will not be seeing General Zod as the big bad next season. Yes, which I thought was a great misdirect. I think that was one of the best decisions they could have ever made. Uh, granted, you know, when they did that, they kind of made a slip up at the end there too, though. Uh, and we'll get to that when we wrap up with the, the stingers for, you know, season three, but we were like, you know what? No more Kryptonians. And what did they do to us? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I will say, I think they, they handled it for the most part incredibly well. The, the whole Zod thing, that was a great, really smart misdirect. Um, and yeah, again, this is one of those other things that like they, they get like, you know, a standing ovation for me on. I'm like, that was a great way to handle this and, uh, bringing in silver kryptonite, which was cool. I mean, they're, they're having a lot of fun with how much mythos that they can play with. I, I think this has been some really smart calls throughout all of this is and. I feel like I should know this being as big of a fan of Super Superman as I as I was growing up. Is is Silver Kryptonite a thing? Um, you know what? We're gonna find out in just a second. I just in, started punching that in because until this, I had never heard of Silver Kryptonite before. Uh, there's, it feels like there's a Kryptonite of every color out there that exists. So they they did state. Uh, I know it has existed in Smallville. It looks like. Um, now as far as, actually, you know, it, it is, it, it, it is indeed listed in here as far as, uh, a, a, a pre-existing type. So going through the wiki, uh, the wiki. So it was originally debuted in Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 70 uh, from July, 1963. Oh, so, so it's been around for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, and the same, uh, same, same effects here, uh, altered perceptions, loss of inhibitions, and extreme hunger cravings, apparently. So, oh, so it's like the pot of kryptonite. Apparently. It so. makes you hallucinate and makes you hungry. Yep. <laughs> it is the marijuana of kryptonite. Of krypton. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I, <clears throat> already, you know, at the beginning of this episode, Kara's already becomes Earth's champion, and she, uh, and we already get the Mr. Ecton Zod. So, I mean, I'm already on board within the first 15 minutes of this episode. Yeah. So, uh, but let's talk about some of the other things that happened. I mean, we're, we're still, I don't know if people are still questioning, uh, the loyalty of Lena Luther, but I think, uh, in my opinion, I think it's pretty much been proven throughout this that she is on the side of Supergirl. She is on the side of good. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think we know too, just from everything that happens in this episode specifically, that Cadmus is still going to probably be one of those big bads um, come next season. I think there's a high chance of it because they, quote unquote, are the ones that officially saved the city um, by using one of the devices from Lex's vault. So uh, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of posturing from them uh, come next season where uh, there's going to be a lot more anti-alien rhetoric that's probably happening after the invasion. So I think we're going to see some very interesting things next season. So. No, I, I agree with that completely. I mean, and even at the very end of the episode, you know, we find out that Cadmus is the one that's taking credit for saving the Earth uh, from the alien invasion, too, from the Daxamite alien invasion. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I, I have a strong feeling we're going to see them next season. And I'd be perfectly fine if they are the big bad next season. Yeah, uh, I think that would be wise because, like, we didn't get any uh, closure on the stuff with Jeremiah at all this season. So it was brought in, but... uh never never touched upon so 
I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle that one. Yeah, exactly. Um, my mind's drawing a blank, but what are some other <laughs> things? Because, uh, I mean, we have so much to talk about this week in all of the finales, and I've watched them all twice. So, I mean, it's not – and I watched them last night. Again, my second viewing, all three of them back-to-back last night. So they should be fresh in my head. You'd think they were. Um but I mean, like, we saw a lot of returning characters this week. Uh, obviously, Monel has been part of the main storyline, and we'll get to his fate at the end of this. Um, you know, Wynn was a big part of it. Wynn's reaction anytime Clark comes to the DEO is always great. Uh, he full, full on nerd boys out. Um, you know, but we saw Lily and Luther. We saw Lena Luther. We saw the visions of General Zod. Uh, we saw McGann return from, yeah. um, uh, from Mars, uh, with, um, white Martians in tow. Yeah, uh, which who, was kind of surprising. I thought that was kind of cool. That gives us a little bit of a not closure, but I mean, it, it's gives us a good reminder of what McGann's been up to on Mars. The fact that some of the white Martians are now starting to defect alongside uh, alongside her. My guess is next season we're gonna get uh get some time to spend on Mars. I have a feeling that's coming. That so. would be that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got another mention of War World. Yes, we did. It feels like they they love bringing that up. This is kind of like Arrow when they were bringing up Rachel Ghoul like every six seconds. And like, (laughs) are we ever going to actually see Rach? And then you're like, and it feels exactly the same way. So I would not be surprised if we get to War World next season. I would love that if that happens. Um, The only thing I was kind of a little disappointed about, and I understand why they didn't do it, um, was we did not see James. We did not see James as Guardian at all this episode. We see him for a half a second in the episode, but that was about it. So, yeah. Uh, he's in a very much blink and you miss it, like scene, uh, it, it Kako, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, one of those things I was just kind of, you know, for, for so much of work they've done with the character to ignore him almost completely in the finale felt a little weird because they've really been trying to, like, you know, bring him up and do something new with him. And they, yeah, that, I think that kind of, takes away everything they were trying to do. It was basically the show saying he's not important enough for him to be really even acknowledged in the finale. Uh, no setup. They set up every other character in the show for what's to come for them, except James. So I thought that was a little weird. Uh, I, but you know what, though? I have a feeling that if Cadmus is the big bad next season, we're going to get a large focus on Guardian next season as well. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Cause like I said, I mentioned before the episode where it was a, a lot of James, um, throughout the main focus of the episode, I, I had a feeling that was the first step in the transition to becoming the guardian that we know. Yeah. Which was only, if you think about it, it feels like that was so long ago because these last two episodes have been, there's been so much happening and that was only, yeah, that was three episodes back. You know, it was, was it three or was like, it two? I think it was only two episodes back. Oh, two, two. Yeah. Cause it was, uh, it was the episode right before the penultimate. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, so I, I have a feeling we're going to see more of uh of Guardian as a, in a more prominent role next uh, next season. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, especially because of the fact that I mean we can get to it now. You know, through the everything uh, we mentioned, losing a couple cast members, uh, some permanently, some semi permanently. We hope we'll return because we know we know he's going to be coming back. But Monel has left Earth. Uh, and he kind of had to, <laughs> or he was yeah, going he to die. Didn't, didn't really have a choice yeah. in that one. So, uh, you know what? I, you know, I gotta bring this up because I think there's two things that felt a little off, um, between the penultimate and this one. Um, one of them specifically, uh, when they are on the Daxamite ship in the penultimate, 
when Monel just leaves Kara to kind of face off with Rhea, which is when we see Clark make his debut at the end of the episode. Uh, and he's just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to peace out. See you guys later. Uh, or Kara's just like, you you need to go. I've, I've got this handled. For people that care about each other that much, they love leaving each other in the dust constantly. <laughs> um, that's the one thing I, I've always thought that felt a little weird. Uh, like I said, it was the penultimate. And then in this one, Kara making that decision, like you expect her to be like, there's going to be another way. And she's like, nope, push the button. And you're like, wait, huh? What's, what are you doing here? What's going on? <laughs> um, that's, I think, one of those reasons that I kind of had to kind of ding it a little bit on a, on a score. It felt like um, they were really just kind of setting something up uh, just for the sake of a little extra drama. Um, I mean, granted, we got some great acting from because of that moment. I think that what we got from Melissa and Chris in their sequences when they're saying goodbye was really strong. And it had, it had some, you know, decent, you know, you know, there was a decent act, acting chops on display during those scenes. Um, but it was one of those things like when Cara made that decision, I felt like that that sequence needed extended a little bit. And she's like, nope, there's no other option. Boom, hit the button. Um like, that's what you expect, like, you know, Lillian stepping in and saying, you know, we're activating this or Lena maybe turning heel at that point in time and doing this. Uh, but Kara making that call the last second uh, felt a little weird. So, yeah, uh, I, that was the only thing I really kind of felt a little off about this finale. Um, Yeah, I can see that. But I mean, I can kind of see that the point that they're trying to make, too, though, is um, I mean, it's even a conversation she has with Clark is that you even as a, even as a hero it's you know it's it's something that you can't have at all um and and unfortunately that came at a price of monel having to leave earth um I, I don't think we've seen the end of him for certain i think he's definitely going to return especially with the little teaser we got with him at the end absolutely so uh how it's going to happen i have no idea i think it was i think it was uh it was the wishful thinking of a happy ending um, I think that's all it was. It was I, I kind of wanted to see them get their happy ending this season. Um, it feels like everybody else got a happy ending but her. Um, but you know what? It's uh, she, you know, triumphed in the day still. I, I you know, it was I think it's again, it's a it was wishful thinking and, and hoping that they would do something along these lines. And I have a good feeling. I think I know what they're about to do with him, though, too. So that also makes me even more excited. So I, I generally think when that portal opens up at the end of the episode, I think uh, Monel's heading to the future. Um, and specifically, I think he's heading to see the Legion of Superheroes, uh, of all things. I think that's, I think that's what they're starting to hint at instead of Kara ending up there in the future where we've seen her in the comics and even TV shows, all these things many, many times over. I think they're going to do that with Monel here. And I think this is a, a really great idea. They've been teasing us that Legion flight ring for so long now. And I think, uh, I think we're about to see it pay off. That'd be kind of cool if that's what happens. Um, I know some of the predictions that we saw out there was that uh, uh, he was headed to the Phantom Zone, uh, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm completely in the dark about um what that is. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm really not sure. I mean, that's what what my gut's telling me right now. It's very possible that they could also take him to War World. It's 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 that's my two big guesses right now. We're either heading there. 
and maybe we're bringing in Mongol, uh, which I would love. I think that would be so awesome if they brought him in as a villain for next season. Um, but it's that or it's the Legion, I think. Um, it's definitely ha- has a feeling it's going to be one of the two of them. Just the way that there's enough nods that they keep bringing up World, like we, you know, we we saw Monel bring it up earlier in the season, Clark bringing it up again. Uh, they, I lo- they, they, these shows love to nod to what they're about to do. And just last episode before this, uh, long, big focus on that Legion flight ring again. Uh, and they've done that to us quite a few times in the show. So um, one of these things has got to pay off sooner than later. And I have a feeling, I really have a feeling we're, we're going to head into the Legion territory here coming up. And uh, which would work because, you know, they could have some future tech to make uh, Monel find a way to survive Earth's current atmosphere. So and, I think and that would work. And it was also known too that um I think we we reported an article on it too that he was going to be suiting up next season. So um it's obvious he's going to be returning next season. We just don't know when and in what capacity. Yeah, but speaking of which, uh people not returning. Let's you know, we're going to bump a couple news stories up to the front end here. All right. Um so there's one obviously and I think we everybody knew this was coming, which was Cat Grant not being a season regular in season three, which you know did come out there. I think it was on Tuesday uh, after the finale. And it's not a big su- surprise. I think Callista Flockhart has been used incredibly, incredibly well this season. Uh, especially, I think in the episode Resist, she was just every line was a line of the week from her. Oh my god, um, she, she was fantastic, and that's it's one of the reasons I'm so bummed that yet again she won't be back as a season regular. But you know what, though? I think it's going to be okay. Um, there, if, if they use that the way that they did in season one constantly, there's too many reasons to go back to Catco constantly for the show, where I think the show is showing that it doesn't need Catco to be able to do this. Um, and it, Or they can use it sparingly. There's no reason to have the inner office drama stuff happening, uh, because what's happening in the DEO is a little bit more interesting at the moment. Or focus on these characters' lives outside of their works. Uh, some way, shape, and form. But I think we'll still definitely see her, I think, next season. Uh, and a few episodes, I guarantee. But they did say it's pretty much she won't play a large, larger role in the third season. So um, that means, obviously, she's still going to make some appearances here and there. But Which, I, I, I would say her uh, her appearance this episode, that was my light of the week for this, this uh, whole, um, you know, for this week, I think. Which was her classic, just... You know, Kara leaving, saying, I have to, you know, I have to be somewhere. And it was just her saying, go get him, Supergirl. Which was such um, an awesome moment of that episode. Because yeah. we were talking about that last week. We, Because I had mentioned, I said, you know, if she can see through James's eye, through Guardian's eyes and know that's James, how can she not know that Kara is Supergirl? Yeah. So and- I, that definitely gets my line of the week this week. It, because it was one of those things, it was just, it had the punch. Uh, of I'm like, yeah, that just makes me feel damn good. I mean, there was one that made me feel really damn sad. We'll talk about in the flash. That was almost my line of the week, <sighs> which too. I think is my line. of the, I think if it's the line I'm thinking of, that is my line of the week. And it's just two letters. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Then that's not my line of the week. OK. Yeah. But now that this was definitely it was deserving of my line of the week. It was one of those moments that just made me feel happy. So, OK. Um, so, but yeah, the I mean, other the other other one that we have yeah. to deal with now. Uh, do you want to do the honors? Uh, well, we did see a news story, which uh, you'll get to in a little bit, too. But uh, it looks like uh, Floriana Lima will not be coming back as a season regular next week. So Maggie's going away. I think we I think we saw three episodes and then she's uh, she's leaving. 
Yeah, so, uh, I don't know if they, they've locked in any specifics yet. Um, I think that's – they just said right now she will be back for at least a handful of episodes is the official quote from Andrew Kreisberg. So uh, no idea on how this is going to play out. But uh, I thought that was kind of surprising because one of the big things that happened at the end of the episode was – Alex and Maggie getting engaged. Well, 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 she well, never said yes. That's very true. But Alex being very much, you know, asking her to marry her. But, you know, we got a very big, happy smile from Maggie. And that was one of those. You could definitely think that's going to be a, a, a yes. Um, so finding out this just two days ago, I was like, wait, huh? Yeah, what, exactly. What, what are you doing here? Um. So I, I don't know what to think about this. I really do not know. I mean, like I said, uh, one of the things my thought, thoughts were, if they're writing her out of the season, um, my guess is maybe they'll have her move to Gotham. Um, and maybe she starts her relationship with uh, Kate Kane. So because it would make a lot of sense because we do know that's where she's ultimately supposed to end up. So I'm uh, I'm a little surprised, but it sounds like my guess is uh, she wanted to pursue other acting opportunities. Maybe she wasn't too happy with uh, the character she was playing on the show. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's up in the air right now, and it kind of sucks because her character really grew on me by the end. But um, eh, you know, we'll, we'll see where things go. Yep, win some, lose some. So yep. hey. Uh, so let's talk about obviously the very end of the, the season. We see, uh, you know, some things that play out through this battle between Rhea and Kara. Uh, we see that Rhea's blood is actually infused with kryptonite, uh, from everything that she has been through with the destruction of Krypton, uh, which definitely added an, an interesting twist to, uh, to the battle, uh, you know, where she said, go ahead and make me bleed and, it weakens Kara just by doing that. Uh, we also see that Rhea pretty much doesn't stick to her, uh, to the agreement and begins to attack, um, National, National City. City. Yeah. Uh, National City as they're, as they're battling it out. Um, but we do see the ultimate end is that, uh, and one of the things that I think proved the point that I made earlier about Lena's, uh, being on the side of good is that she worked with her mother to develop that device, but did not give her mother control. Uh, she left the remote in Kara's hands. Yeah. Uh, which I think shows that she is faithful to Supergirl and to protecting the city, which I think is, is good. It's, it's a definite twist on, a, on the Luther story that we've never seen before is that a Luther is actually good. Yeah. No, I think this was, uh, actually, this was really great. I, I love the fact that they actually did this here and we didn't get this whole kind of hang in the, you know, hanging in the area. It's like, is she a bad guy still? Um, they definitely feel like they closed that, that out where we, we are still going to see these characters have a good relationship next season, which, you know what? Super happy about this. I'm really, really happy about this. Yeah. Uh, and in the end, we see Rhea turn to dust, uh, which apparently is what happens when you breathe in lead and you have a tolerance to it. Is you, you turn to dust and you crumble away. I thought she would have just died, but I guess that's one way to make sure she doesn't return. <laughs> very true uh which you know what kind of a shame because i would have loved to have seen still a moment with uh jeremiah danvers and raya share at least one scene but, yeah you know what? yeah terry hatcher and dean kane share a screen yeah on screen but eh, you know uh it is what it is and we still don't know what the hell's going on with with jeremiah so 
Uh, I'm hopefully if Cadmus is a big focus in next season, we're going to see that next season come about. Absolutely. So, so anything else worth mentioning in, in this episode? Um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, we got a lot of happy, happy endings. Um, we see, you know, John and McGann together. Uh, we get the happy moment between Alex and Maggie. Clark flies home to, to, to Lois. Uh, and it seems like Kara is the only one that really doesn't have her, her happy ending. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, the one thing we do get that nod in that we did kind of roughly bring up a little bit in the very beginning here is, uh, looking like another Kryptonian big bad. Uh, coming next season, because we jump to the very end of the episode, and we go back to Krypton 35 years ago, uh, and see another pod now taking off, uh, with what very much looks like a cult all around them, uh, and then putting some blood on this forehead of a small child, and that is launched into the atmosphere, and seems to be making their appearance known next season. Uh, now the question is who this is going to be. My um, my fear about this, and please God, don't let my fear come to fruition. When you hear this cult talking about the being, uh, they call it an it. They do not call it a him or a her. It is referenced to as an it. Mm-hmm. Um, please God, don't be doomsday. Well, you know what? I think it, while it may not be Doomsday, I think it's going to be somebody very much tied to Doomsday. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to be Rain. Uh, I, I think this is going to be Rain. Uh, Rain is definitely one of the kind of same kind of race as, as Doomsday. Um, again, it's kind of tricky to do a quick overview of who this character is because it's a little convoluted. Um, I think maybe we'll have to wait for our, uh, when we do our, uh, annual. We'll, we'll, break down into this a little bit, but I have a high feeling that this is Rain, which is pretty much the equivalent of kind of like a female doomsday. Um, part of that doomsday cult thing, though, uh, most definitely, but it could work because this is a character we've never seen done uh, in animated or live action yet, so um, maybe this is a good way to go and not do the doomsday story. And, it, uh, and this is, I was going to say, too, and from what I can see, it looks like Rain actually does have some uh some primary stories in the comics battling supergirl yeah yeah no this is a big supergirl villain so this would work because again gives them a chance to kind of play with that uh, that doomsday story idea a little bit uh the, the other part of me was like maybe they do eradicator uh but then i'm like no I, it's just me wanting to see eradicator still <laughs> yeah me um, too <clears throat> but yeah so but yeah, no, my guess is we're, we're going to see rain here, uh, for next season. I have a feeling that's who we're going to see here as our big bad. And, uh, actually, as I was skimming and looking up the picture of rain real quick, uh, apparently there was some nods that, uh, the Legion story is indeed coming next season. Uh, so maybe they, there's a little bit more credence to what's going to go on with Mono. So wait and see. Sweet. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we got a lot to look forward to with Supergirl season three when it debuts, probably in September is usually when these shows come back. Uh, but we're going to have our annual at some point over the course of the summer, uh, probably be the second annual that we do. So maybe three or four weeks down the road, we'll, we'll get to hit that, uh, a little bit later, but let's move on next to God. I so want to talk about this, but don't want to talk about it at the same time. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the flash season finale. Do we season, have to? Season three, episode 23, we have to. Can uh, we just give it its big score and say, God, this was a great episode and just leave it there? 
Titled finish line with nothing left to lose. Barry takes on Savitar in an epic conclusion. First things first, I just want to say huge nod to Michelle Harrison, who I was, uh, I moderated her panel last week with Matt Letcher. And one of the first questions I asked her in the panel is, are we going to see Mama Flash in the season finale? Uh, and her look and her reaction was looking me dead in the face and saying, I'm not going to tell you, you have to wait and see. And it was something I had predicted before that that was who the other person was, and I was right. We got to see Nora Allen as a mention of the Speed Force, but we're getting way ahead. Let's jump, let's jump to the start of the episode. Uh, You predicted it last week. I Um, was almost dead on, like, to the T. You were, with the exception of, with the exception of Wally not being a part of it, uh, Everything else was damn dead on. God um, damn it. It was, it was more sad to see this happen than originally what we thought was happening. And that being that HR took the place of Iris and sacrificed himself so that Iris could live and Barry would not become Savitar. Um, God, that moment, man, when it's revealed. And cause I remember watching it. This is, I usually wait till the end of the week to watch these episodes, but this week I couldn't do that. I, I watched it at like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Within an hour or two of the finales airing, I watched them and I, cause I had to. Um, I couldn't take the risk of any spoilers being put out there and me seeing them before I got the chance to watch them. Plus, That's, I, was, I was very worried about that. And, uh, the way I watch is, uh, through one of your servers. Yeah. And it was offline until about 1230. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I remember too. Cause I remember so I, my computer was going through a massive update. Um, <clears throat> that took probably like a good two and a half hours for it to update. And it was pissing me off because Arrow was out there. And I was like, I, I want to add Arrow so I can watch it. And I know Rob wants to watch it. Like, I, I got to, this update needs to finish fast. Um, yeah, I just kept refreshing it. I'm like, please let his server be back online. I have to watch Flash. Somebody's going to spoil this for me tomorrow. Yeah. And my wife was already asleep. And I'm like, I'm just going to put on a pair of headphones and watch the episode and not wake her up. Because she'll be like, you watched this without me? <laughs> I watched it with her the next day. Made no mention that I watched it. Yeah. Because uh, when I watched it a second time, I cried then again, too. Oh, my God. So, I, I, I really, like, it, it. watching the episode, like, watching it play out that you see the the aftermath of, you see Barry holding Iris, you see Joe collapse, um, you and then you see HR appear on the roof, and I'm like, Oh my God, it, it, HR really didn't do it. And then you hear, you, you hear Iris wake up and you hear him say BA. You hear her say BA and your heart drops. Yeah. You know what the funny thing is? That hurt more than if Iris would have done. And that's exactly what I said last week is that it's going to hurt worse if it's HR over Iris. Like I could accept Iris, but if HR is the one that did it, it's not just the fact that he died. It's the fact that he sacrificed himself. Um, not the first of sacrifices this week either. Um, that we got throughout the rest of these finales, but this one hurt. This one yeah. really hurt. Um, you know, seeing any version of Kavanaugh playing Harrison is, 
I love seeing every version. And like I had mentioned earlier on, I didn't like HR, but he really grew on me to the point that, you know, you mentioned it last week and you said like, he says, you know, I'll see you on the next one. And then he looks down at that blade and that was your prediction was that HR, you know, changed his face to look like Iris and sacrificed himself. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, God, I really don't want to see that happen. Uh, because I'm going to be really sad if HR goes. And I was fighting back tears the entire time. Like he's telling, um, you know, BA, he's telling Barry, you know, stop Savitar. And when he mentions, when he says, you know, I have to tell you something and he says something, I immediately thought to myself, I'm like, oh God, when I don't know what these words are, but I know the moment they come up, I'm going to cry. I'm like, I know the moment they come up, I'm going to cry. And I, I'm immediately jumping to the end of the episode again because I, we're already okay. talking about it. It's my line of the week. I fought back tears when, when, Har- when HR died, but the moment he tells Cisco what he said and it's, this took strength and you gave it to me. Mm-hmm. I lost it. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I cried. Um, yeah. And that is my line of the week. I, dude, I'm getting choked up just talking. <laughs> I know, about I am it. too. Uh, uh, actually, we were, I know we were not the only ones. Uh, actually, um, if you go on our Facebook page, I got to bring it up because uh, the exchange was uh, amusing to watch. Uh, was between Lister and Jackson and his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> I apologize, I don't have that up in front of me at the moment. Um, I got to see if I can pull this up because I, I would be remiss if I did not bring up her name. Uh, because there was actually not just that one, but there was another really amusing moment between the two of them on our Facebook page this week that uh, that made me chuckle quite a bit. Can I say I love the fact that she likes the page and she comments too? Absolutely, <laughs> it's so great. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Rachel, so is uh, is her name on the uh, the page. But no, it was um, it was just her saying straight up that uh, Jack's blubbered like crazy about the episode. It's okay, buddy. We did too, uh, and not just in this scene. Uh, the end of the episode as well. So, uh, and it happened to me twice. So you're in good company. Oh man. Again. And I was getting choked up just talking about it. Um, you know, and then I see, and then I see Tom Cavanaugh posting on his Facebook page, like all these memes. And I even, I shared one of them too. And it was, oh, uh, that one killed me. The, there is no IN team, but there is an HR and hero. And I was like, oh. oh God. And then of course follows that up. He follows that up with another one of, uh, of HR lying down on the ground, Barry holding him, and it says, "Well, all's wells that ends wells." <laughs> I'm like, "Good lord, your body's not even cold yet, and you're making fun of it." Uh, but yeah, man, that that scene, that the the opening with HR half killed me, and then that hearing the words at the end, uh, that did it. Um, uh, that's that was my line of the week, and that man, my heart sank, and and I cried. I, I will happily admit that I cried. Yeah, and man, they wasted no time coming out of the gate within the first two minutes of the episode. Uh, casualty. I mean, you're like, damn, uh, this is going to be intense. Um, and like I said, you know, I, I, I firmly believe this was the best finale Arrow has, or not Arrow, Flash has ever had. Um, same when we get to Arrow. We'll, we'll, I'll reiterate that again, because even as, as strong as the end of season one was, um, which was absolutely amazing. And same with the end of season two, especially that last little moment that we got. This was, this was emotional as all hell. And it was from start to finish of the episode and had some of my favorite moments we've seen on the show. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was, uh, just downright impressive. Absolutely downright impressive. Um, 
But I guess we got to get into the thick of things here. So we uh, have to talk about this, uh, how all this is going to pan out. So, God, man, it's this is hard <laughs> to change gears to talk about anything else but the loss of HR. Um, but as we expected, um, you know, we, we definitely got Tom Cavanaugh again, though, later this episode. We did see Harry come back. Uh, which I was very happy to see. Um, and, it, and it looks like he's going to be sticking around for a while, too. Um, I, I mean, because let's be honest, it, you can't have the Flash without, an, without a Wells. Um, you really can't. And you know what? I'm really happy that they're not going to introduce somebody new uh, right now. I, I think we need a little bit of time to uh, to let, let HR's passing sink in a little bit. I think if they immediately replaced him next season, I think it would have been a little bit of a disservice to that character. So yeah, I, I think... I, yeah, and I don't want to see them go the route of a new HR every time, a new Wells every time. Like, I, I've i grown to like the Wellses that we've had so far, um, you know, with the exception of – and no, hell, even Eobard. I mean, there was a great – He was still a really good character. Yeah, he was. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it was – I don't want to see them take this route of a new personality. Like, I know Tom Cavanaugh's got the acting chops to do it, but come on. Let's give the guy a break. Uh, and yeah. let's let him play a part for a while. So, yeah, I'm happy that we're getting to see Harry um, stick around for a while. Um, I mean, because, you know, Jesse's on Earth 2 or Earth uh, three, Earth right three. Now. Um, you know, filling that'll in obviously change because of some of the things that happened in this episode. Too. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I, I don't it, it's you're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's tough to go through this without. It's OK. I understand you're getting choked up. So no, no, no. I that was that was actually just something <laughs> caught in my throat. Um, but yeah, it's tough to go through this without, uh, you know, getting caught up on the death of HR. Um, but we need to, we need to talk about some other stuff. And, um, obviously, uh, you know, at one point we see Barry go and talk to, uh, the time remnant of himself. I, I refuse to call it the future Barry because he's not. He's a time no. remnant. Um, even though he says he's the future Flash. So, uh, you know, we see him go and have a heart to heart with the time remnant with Savitar. And it's interesting how things unfold because I fell for it too. Um, the fact of him and you, you had the note was too good to be true, but bringing him into Star Labs and thinking they were going to help him get past this and not be the way he was uh, only for it to be a trap for, uh, his ultimate plan to Put himself in every moment of time, uh, so that the, you know, the, um, the Black Flash can't find him. Because we know yeah. that, you know, his timeline has changed with Iris surviving. Uh, he will no longer be created, which means eventually Black Flash would find him and take him out. Um, so, uh, which again, another character we saw written off now is, and it was well, a, Maybe for just right now. I don't know if you can... You can't really kill the Black Flash. Uh, I think they stopped him for, for some time, but I don't think he's done for. Um, uh, yeah, with God, this, this is a hard episode to review. I, I will say, though, with the moment of the Black Flash, uh, it was nice getting a little nod from Caitlin confirming that the Black Flash is indeed Hunter's Almond. Because um, when she freezes him and he crumbles, she says, so long, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, which was something we kind of knew anyway, because we saw him become the Black Flash at the end of season two. Um, so we see Zoom become Black Flash at the end of season two, and at the end of season three, we see him crumble into ice chips. Uh, and also makes Caitlin scary powerful. Um, <laughs> so 
that was, I think, the first thing that came through my mind is when he comes running out and it says freeze and shattered. And you're like, oh, crap. So this is uh, this is going to get interesting. Um, yeah, because now I'm really wondering how this is going to play out, because I think you still need to have a Black Flash in the mix somewhere and somehow. So, Well, I, I, you know what? In all honesty, I think looking forward into the next season, I, I think we could probably go a little while without him. Um, yeah, Only because so. if they're doing what I think they're planning on doing next season, and that's going a season without a speedster villain... Um, I, yeah. I don't think well, we need. We know him. that, yeah. I don't. No, very true. Yeah, I don't think we need him. So I think you you take next season to develop the rest of the characters, whether it be the rogues or whether it be the thinker, which apparently there's been hints at in this finale. I didn't look into them, so I don't know what they are. Um, well, we even got it when we did the Abracadabra episode. That's true. the first time we heard Devo's name brought up, and you're like, and you know, we see the time remnant version of Barry even say it uh, say it as well. It's like you know, this is when we came up with the uh, neural inhibitor that defeated Devo. It's like. He's like, who? He's like, you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, so I, it's pretty clear we know who we're going up against next season. I, I think this is without question. I mean, they've already said no speedster villain next season. So, um, I will say one of the coolest moments of this episode was seeing three versus one speedsters. Oh, that moment that was such a great moment. That moment with Barry, Wally, and Jay all chasing after Savitar. And just seeing the different colored bolts as they're running, dude, that was so cool. Um, so that was that was an awesome moment. Even to the moment with, I, and again, we're like we're jumping to the end because there's, in all honesty, between the be- the beginning, is there really a lot that happens in the middle? Well, I mean, you know, what? I think the big thing that does come into play is honestly like you're you're dealing with uh turning the speed force bazooka into a splicer that uh we see cisco uh pull a fast one on uh on savitar which i think was kind of fantastic um because it's the only in the way that cisco can do it which i i loved his response he's like i didn't name it so i don't know how it works yes um Great line. Very fantastic line. But, uh, you know, in addition to that, though, too, we understand now where Julian was last episode. He was with Caitlin's mom, actually finding a way to make a gene therapy cure for Caitlin. So we did get a couple major things that happened. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it was clouded with um, the the sense of loss that you're dealing with, with uh, the loss of HR. I think that was such a big proponent of this episode. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And... um... You know, let's focus on, on, on that for a second on the Killer Frost, on the, the gene splicing that would be the cure for that. Uh, you know, we do see at the end that she does not accept that. Um, she, she's no longer bad. She's no longer Killer Frost at the end. Uh, which is a good thing. Uh, but you know, it, it go, it lives up to the prediction that was made before too in the reports that we're seeing is that it looks like she's going to be this character for a while. Yeah, uh, she's gonna. Well, I think it's not for a while. I think she's just gonna remain the character Frost now. I mean, you know, we see Killer Frost transition to Frost in the comics, where she's now a member of one of the Justice League teams. So uh, this is a great way to do it here as well. So I think the fact that by some time into next season, we'll see Caitlin now this be Frost, which I think will be interesting to watch. So I'm actually really good with this. I think it was great that she didn't immediately patch everything up, be back with the team by the end of the episode. Everything was, you know, taken care of in this nice little tiny package and then see you guys next season. Man, there was a lot of things that happened in this one. I mean, big setup for next year, but it, it, 
it left us with a thousand and one questions. Do we? <clears throat> oh God, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, do we think at any point next season, with the transition of Caitlin from Killer Frost to Frost, do we think there's any chance next season we could see a team up of her and Firestorm again, and a return of Ronnie Raymond? Because that is a big strong point in the comics is that they are a big team. Uh, you know, being together, they kind of even each other out, him with fire and her with ice. So is there any possibility we could see this happen next season? I don't know. Uh, that's, I think, a big wait and see. I, that's not something I really gave too much thought, but I think I have a feeling that Robbie and Mel is, um, uh, is done. I don't think we're going to see him brought back into, uh, the picture unless it's an alternate earth. And I think that's where we're going to stay. Um, they had an opportunity to bring him back, I think, if they wanted to and could have pulled that twist with having him be Savitar or something like that this season, which wouldn't have made sense on how he had speed. But still, um, the question is if they're really going to do that. I think that's one of the things that made Caitlyn the character she is. So to bring him back, I think, would be kind of would lessen the things that she's gone through the last couple of seasons. OK, yeah, I can um, understand that. But I mean, it's possible. <clears throat> I mean, it's still giving her the opportunity to have a somewhat happy ending. Um, but I think, I think we, we have seen, uh, Robbie Emil, uh, maybe for maybe potentially the last time, unless we see an alternate earth version again. Okay. I, I can see that. I mean, I'm not saying here or there, whether or not it's something I would enjoy seeing or not, but it, it's, I, it was just a thought that came to my head as we were talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even think about it during the finale. I was thinking about it right now, actually. Um, so, I mean, again, let's talk about some other things that we saw. We saw, um, you know, before we get to how, the whole episode ends. Um, we see Jay Garrick, uh, escape from the, um, the speed force, uh, with help of Cisco and his tweaking of the, uh, the splicer. So, uh, which led to our awesome three on one speedster battle. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the other cool moments of it, uh, of the episode is getting to see Barry phase into the Savitar suit and push the other Barry out. Oh, that was awesome. Um, and the suit turned red. Which, oh, that looks so badass, dude. Was, I loved it. It, oh, was, it was so, so cool to watch that. I, we're talking, you know, I love how we break down the episodes, but this episode, we're just kind of like nerding out. I, you know what? <clears throat> Every once in a while, that's just how this goes. I mean, when it makes us this excited, it's hard to review it because we're just generally excited. Um, you know, it was. It was one of those ones that they had so many small moments that you're just geeking out. There was moments numerous times in the episode that had me choked up and tearing up. Um, but yeah, that moment that we saw Barry enter the Savitar suit and it just how evil and twisted it looked. Having that red light coming through through that suit was uh, very eerie. Um, and the fact that we see him obviously vibrate uh, you know, inside the suit and destroy the armor, uh, which was... This fantastic moment, and then Barry with that nice, great charged up, uh, you know, punch, knocking uh, the time remnant out. Um, it was just every everything about that sequence was just so beautifully handled. But I love the way that Savitar went out was not at the hands of Barry. No, it was, it was at the hands of Iris. Yes, which was so deserved. Um, and you know, I have a question for you. Okay. So you mentioned earlier that, and I I agree with you, is Having HR die had more emotional impact than Iris's death. Why do you think that is? Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's because it was more unexpected. Um, this whole season, 
or at least the second half of this season, ever since the introduction of Savitar, we've been going on knowing that Iris was the one that was to die. And I think by the end of the, by the time the moment actually happened, we were so acclimated to that and we were so adjusted to the fact that that was happening that we just kind of became accepting of it. That if it happens, like, this is a hero show. So the heroes oftentimes win. More times than not, they win. So, you know, we're going through this and they're going through these plans of how to save Iris. And as viewers, we're going through and we're thinking, okay, they're going to save Iris. Something's going to happen. They're going to save Iris because they're not going to allow Barry to become this, this person. They're not going to allow Barry to become Savitar. Um, so in order for Savitar to lose, Barry has to win. So we're kind of accepting of it, and we go through and we're like, okay, Iris is going to be saved. We know that's going to happen. So when something unexpected happens, especially to a character that we grew to love, and it was by the point of a personal sacrifice, that hurts more. Um, I think it's brilliant on the writers to to do something like that, especially because it wasn't something we saw coming at all until last week. We, there was no part of us at any point throughout this entire season that would have assumed it was HR that died. Yeah. It wasn't until last week that we even had that, that thought. And that thought scared us. It honestly scared us. And, and when it came to fruition, it's, it's a fear that came to happen. So when fears happen and actually come to, again, come to fruition, that's why it's sad. And I think that, I think that's the biggest reason why it hurt more, um, that it was HR than Iris because we weren't expecting it. We were, we were almost expecting it to be Iris. So yeah. HR was so much more unexpected that it hurt and it still hurts. Yeah, I think the other the other part of it too, and uh, I've seen a little bit of uh, additional thought process from a couple people where I've had this conversation, and some people that said it, it that Iris was kind of relegated to a plot device for the entirety of the season, that it didn't have as much of the emotional weight um, because it was just a constant plot point, but her character was so far in the background for the bulk of the season that the weight just wasn't there if she did die. Uh, they've used her as so much of a background character the last couple seasons. I mean, she's had Candace Patton, I think, is a, a great part of this team and, and you know, this ensemble. But I think the writers have forgotten what to do with her at some times and make more of a, a this great connection between the two of them. Um, and we do see these in, these in moments. So I think it was the fact that, you know, a lot she was a lot of people viewed as the weak link in season one. And I think in season two, she she really came into her own and season three. But season three, she definitely felt like she kind of became relegated a little bit more to a plot device than an actual character of the show. Uh, where HR was somebody that we we immediately became invested in. Uh, and Iris had her great, fantastic moments this season as well, just as every other character did. Um, but I think that's one of the things that kind of cheapens if her character did die. Uh, it was for a plot device, not as a, a character that people felt emotionally invested in as much because the show didn't feel as emotionally invested into it. It was more the emotionally invested into what happens if Barry loses somebody else, you know? Yeah, no, I and I, I can see that as being another reason, too. And I agree with that. She was more she was made to be like a damsel in distress uh, the entire season. 
Yeah. But I think that was a great turnaround as you, you know, going back to what you said, fitting of her being the one that killed the time remnant. Um, she went from being the damsel, the damsel in the dress to the one who saved Barry. Yeah. She um, became her own hero by the end. And I love the fact that they did that. It was one of those reasons that this, this gets that perfect 10 for me. It was every little thing that I was a little worried or concerned about with some of the things they were doing this season. They managed to make all of it work flawlessly by the end. Yeah. No, I, I and I agree with that completely. Um, so I, I guess there's really only I guess we can talk now about um, the ending of the episode, because this does indeed set up a lot for next season, whether you see it or not. It, it does. Um, you know, it. obviously, we see that there are repercussions to Jay coming out of the Speed Force. Uh, and that now, uh, the Speed Force is kind of out of control. Uh, it needs something to keep it together. And this was kind of something that I predicted, I think either two weeks ago or so, is yeah, that we yeah. were, we were going to see this episode end with Barry returning to the Speed Force. Uh, whether it be for training or whatever I said, <clears throat> he was going to be returning to the Speed Force by the end. We saw those leaked pictures of everybody looking like they had come from a funeral and, um, it looked to me like it was Michelle Harrison, uh, Nora Allen as, as a member, as a, <clears throat> a physical presence of the Speed Force that was going to be returning Barry to it, that was going to be taking Barry to it. And it looks like that came to, that came to happen. Barry, <clears throat> excuse me, has indeed returned to the Speed Force. Um, but so much happens in that final five minutes of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> of this episode. Um, uh, everything changes. Everything changes for next season. And here's the biggest thing. And I don't know if you saw this. Um, if you saw this the same way I did or not. Just the same way that this second half of this season, Iris has become more of a plot point than an actual character. I kind of almost feel like the same thing happened to Wally. Um, you know, we saw him trapped in the speed force and we know he went through hell and then he kind of was relegated to the background for a while. Yeah. We saw a huge turnaround for this. And here's something I'm predicting for next season with Barry in the speed force and Wally set to take his place. The name of the show is the flash. I would not be surprised if we go a couple episodes next season, starting next season with no Grant Gustin. That Be is a thought of mine as well. Be um, because Wally stepping in, especially if that image, I think it was might have been Jackson that shared it yeah, uh, it on was. our page, of Wally's suit red and him being the new Flash. With him as the Flash, the show title still fits. It's just somebody who else who has taken up the mantle. So with Wally as the main Flash... Possibly Jesse Quick coming back to help with Jay Garrick or Jay Garrick remaining there as a mentor to him. Um, and, you know, Cisco and the team still behind him, helping him out the same way they did Barry. We could see a portion of this season with no Barry Allen and the show title still fit. It does. It still absolutely would. I mean, one of the big things about DC's, you know, history is the idea of legacy characters uh, passing on mantles. I think yeah. this would be a really wise move. I do not think that they can get over uh, 
do this for more than a few episodes, though. Um, Grant obviously is your lead of this show. Uh, you can't relegate him to not not being there. I think as much as I think a lot of us would be like, what would an entire season of Wally is the Flash be like? Um, I don't I don't think they honestly have the balls to do that. Uh, I think a couple episodes, yeah, but I think it's kind of the same way when we left the end of season two. We're like we're going to Flashpoint. There was no part of me that's like, we're going to see Thomas Wayne as Batman and all these things. Um, but we got one episode of that. So the question is, how much time has passed between the end of season three, the start of season four? Um, that's a good way that you can patch this in is uh, very clear. It's this kind of saying, hey, you know, six months has passed while he's been the Flash this entire time. The city, uh, you know, looks at at him as the flash um you know and barry's gone and by the end of the episode you can have him return or at the end of episode two have him return uh well i mean if i got my wish we know we're gonna have this epic four-part crossover between all the shows next season if i had it my way barry would come back in a bolt of lightning during whatever they're up against during that moment and we give them six or seven episodes to to get to their crossover point and then then make the reveal of Barry coming back. Kind of like that darkest, darkest moment where he's there to save them. I could see so, that. Um, but I don't think, unfortunately, I don't think that's the way it's going to, you know. It'd be <laughs> awesome. It'd be awesome it if that It would be happened. amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. But I have a feeling we'll see him by, by at least the end of episode one, if not by the end of episode two. So. Okay. I, yeah, I can see that too. Um. I, I like I know you know and again at the end of it we see Barry going into the Speed Force and I'm gotten good at not calling it Time Force <laughs> although I called it Time Force on stage hey, it's okay at um at great at um Harrisburg Comic Con <laughs> uh, <laughs> which oh, by the way all those panels will be online hopefully by uh I think hopefully by tomorrow I'm I'm gonna be doing a lot of editing today um so I it's it's going to be interesting to see where the season goes next year. Um, hopefully it's, it's a lighter season. Um, but I think the biggest question is that we're, uh, uh and, and I'm, I'm stealing a line from, from IGN here is, uh, who will be wearing the flash costume when yeah. season four returns? Uh, and I, I think I, if, if I had to put money on this, uh, we're going to start that season with, uh, with Wally as the flash. I think that's not even a question in my mind. That's exactly the way we're going to start this off. Red suit flash? I think so. I think we're going to see, I, you know, what we see the more recent version of, uh, old school Wally West, not a uh, new school Wally West, uh, ginger Wally West. We're going to see that version of the suit, which is, uh, similar to that shot that we saw Jack's post up, which is, uh, the one that came back in rebirth. I think we're going to see that version of the suit on this Wally in the show when uh season 2 starts or something at least similar to it. It's going to be that red and silver. Um I think which would be fantastic and if they want to do something interesting, you start that show off with Wally monologuing of saying he is the fastest man alive. That would be how you start that season with a bang. Um and I think it would be a great way to do it. Uh, but I will say this though, one of the characters we didn't even bring up, man, Gypsy is back too. And, uh, Gypsy and Cisco seem like they're, uh, gonna make that relationship attempt. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays off next season too. So I think that's gonna be something awesome to watch. The fact that we know Harry is now sticking around, uh, which gives a lot of good reason for Jesse now to, 
to hang out on Earth One uh, while Jay goes to Earth Three and maybe keeps an eye on Jesse and uh, Wally. So okay. I think is uh, where we're going to go. But I will say that that goodbye sequence, man, between Joe and Barry and Iris and uh, and Barry and Cisco and Barry, all three of those exchanges also had me. Uh, a little glassy-eyed is the best way I can put it, because I definitely had a tear or two rolled down my cheek during the end of that sequence. So Yeah, yeah. Not as many tears as HR, but, you know. No, no, no. But uh, the episode started with tears and ended with tears. Yes, which it is, did. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, Flash, why does, it do, why does it do it to us? It does that to us all the time. God damn it. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a fantastic finale. Yes, uh, agreed. So, um God, how long? I, we've only talked about <laughs> two of the finales, <laughs> and we're already an hour in, and we still got one more uh, to talk about. Let's jump to it, and let's talk about the Arrow Season 5 finale. Uh, season 5, Episode 23, Lee and Yu. Oliver assembles a group of unlikely allies, Slade, Nyssa, Merlin, and Digger Harkness. Really? You had to throw Digger in there? Uh, to engage in an epic battle against Chase and his army. Um, So... Well on you, IMDB, for throwing the wool over our eyes, getting us all excited for this cast we were thought we were going to see, and then saying, fuck you, you're not going to see most of them. Uh, but we did get to see quite a few of them. Um, you know, obviously Slade Wilson we knew was coming back. Black Siren, Katie Cassidy was returning. Uh, Talia Al Ghul and, um, and Nissa Al Ghul we knew we were seeing. Uh, we got to see, uh, Samantha come back, Digger Hartness return, Moira, and, uh, Moira Queen, and, um, his father as well. Um, although I think that was a flashback. It was just a flashback sequence we saw. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but God, where to start with this one too? I mean, we start right on Lee and you with Merlin and, uh, and Nissa, and we see him going to break out. Uh, well, what episode leaving off where, uh, the episode starting where it left off last episode, last week with, um, uh, God, uh, it was Slade. <laughs> going to release Slade again. Sorry, my brain, my brain shut down for a second too. It's yeah. Okay. Uh, so, um, I was actually just trying to think how are we going to review this one? Cause most of this is just combat. And I'm like, so I don't think it's going to be as long of a discussion. I mean, there's a lot of weight in this episode. That's for sure. But yeah, uh, a lot of combat more than anything else. So, uh, no, and, and I agree with, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of combat in this, a lot of awesome combat. I mean, yeah, oh God, uh, yeah, they I pulled mean, out all the stops this time again. Yeah, I mean, and seeing, God, Talia versus Nessa was an awesome fight. Um, you know, seeing Siren versus Siren. Can I just say to how awesome of a moment when Quentin says, no, it's Black Siren or Black Canary or Black Canary. Yeah, not yeah, Siren. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like, I pass on the mantle to you. Like, this was my daughter's, but you, you have it now. Yeah, um, you earned this. Yeah. Like, you know, no, it's black, it's black canary. So mm. how awesome of a moment was, was that happening? Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty solid. At the same time, as I was just kind of like, that was kind of cool. As, as my eyes also rolled a little bit at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, no more black canaries. Come on, stop the shit. Um, <laughs> but still. We knew this was going to be the case with this character for quite some time now, um, and I do like her. I, I just I, I hope that next season we get to see her uh, really evolve. We haven't seen much of her yet, so um, she's kind of been very very much relegated to the background still so far as well. But I think we'll see a lot of her next season. So no, I and yeah, and, and I'm glad that we're getting to see 
um, a lot of her next season, as well as uh, who was the other one that was um, promoted to season regular? Was it Rick, Rick Gonzalez? Rick Gonzalez. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but again, you're right. It, it's a, just a lot of combat. Um, my question. Uh, there was one key moment we did mention it, something about sacrifices, and this was something that we had kind of hinted at last se- last week when we were talking about this because we knew that John Barrowman was not returning to the Arrowverse, uh, and now we know why. Um, well, at least they said for next season. Uh, no, no, I'm he still- he has come out after that episode aired, and he went on Facebook Live and said that he is moving on. Uh, he is moving on from the Arrowverse. He will not be returning. Uh, you know what? As much as they say that, though, still, when off-screen deaths happen on these shows, I believe it when I see it. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I'm going by his word on this one. because Yeah, he, I did watch his video, too, yeah. and I know he was just kind of, hey, you know, see you guys. And it's important for Thea um, to kind of have that little moment, too. I think that was such a great sequence. I know we're going to be all out of order on this episode, too. Uh, obviously, we see uh, Malcolm Merlin sacrifice himself to save Thea. Uh, when she accidentally steps on a landmine. Uh, but in doing so, he also takes out Digger Harkness and a whole bunch of other people, at least we assume, again, uh, off-screen off deaths. It's a wait and see. But uh, it was uh, it didn't have that much weight to it, though. That was the only thing I will say. I was That was probably the only real big disappointment I had in this episode was um, it just happened in a blink, um, which is feels right for the show. Is it, it just happens instantly. It's like, I can't believe this person's gone. Um but after coming off the flash, when we watch HR die, um, y- you feel kind of conflicted if you should feel anything major or not. You feel it for Thea, uh, and you love John Barrowman, but it it did not feel like it had as much weight to it. That's the one thing I will say a little bit about this episode. And that was the only kind of negative I can think of at all for this. If I even have to pick it apart, it was it didn't feel like it had as much weight. No, and I, I can see that too. I mean, it's it's not anything... Uh, again, it, it's harking it back to the HR sacrifice. I mean, it, it had, that had so much weight to it because it changed everything. But this really, this one just kind of felt more like, okay, we're, we're writing him off. Um, yeah. you know, uh, it, it, it didn't have that, that impact that, you know, that HR did. Again, going back to that. Um, I understand how this is, it, it creates a conflict with Thea. Um, you know, cause she was so used to hating her father, but now she, you know, she respects him and kind of loves him again for, for, willing to do this um but again yeah, yeah it just didn't have the same impact yeah it, it's i think it was because he's done so many heinous things that you just can't look beyond them anymore um so even that he sacrificed himself for thea it, you're not going to get the weight because he was just a villain in one of the other shows this season um so it, it's and we haven't spent a lot of time with him i mean like i said his he's had questionable morals through the, the entirety of these shows which makes sense because he's a villain. Obviously, he's going to. But I mean, like, it's not that even like if Slade died and him and, you know, Slade and Ollie had a moment before Slade died, you would feel some weight there a little bit, I think. But I think this one, this felt felt a little flat here. I will say that. But I will say aside from that, though, um, I'm very sad to see John Berman not part of the Arrowverse going forward, at least as far as what we know at this point. I am too. I mean, especially when you get one-liners, like he said in the beginning of this episode, where he says, you know, clapping has been a little bit harder to do lately, and mm-hmm. he holds up his fake hand. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's been such a great addition to this show from the very beginning, all five Absolutely. seasons. Absolutely. Um, 
And, but, you know, in, in a way, it almost kind of makes sense. He was a big part of that five-year loop, uh, and that five-year story is coming to an end. So it almost makes sense to to kind of write off some of those characters. Um, yeah, it, it is important. I do think that that's why this doesn't hurt the score of this episode at all. Um, it's one of the things that's kind of like I would have liked to have seen them maybe do a little bit more in that moment uh, or give it a little bit more resonance. Because even like just when Thea is dealing with it, they only give her a minute or two to kind of focus on it, but we haven't even seen much of Thea this season. So it's hard to feel on how she is in her head right now. Like, you know, you feel bad for her losing somebody else yet again in her life. Uh, all of her parental units are now completely gone. Um, but she's very conflicted in that. And so it's, but immediately after that, we have to get back, back into the thick of things. There's so much that still had to happen in this episode that uh, that sequence had to kind of get rushed through as fast as they could. It was, it was a necessary, I think, um, necessary casualty in in this episode yeah no i agree with that um while it did again it didn't have the impact that we would want it to i think it was kind of it was kind of important that it happened it was right um now the question is too as far as off-screen deaths go um is digger hartness gone as well because he was standing he was standing right next to barrowman my guess is yes my guess is absolutely yes um this is uh, kind of goes more in line with, uh, I think, where a lot of people, I think, are still on the fence if the DCEU um, has impact on the characters that they use. Uh, we even heard Willa Holland say, uh, you know, this was back at uh, this past summer um, before the shows even came back, that the call to remove Amanda Waller and Deadshot and all these these characters came from Warner Brothers that they they are off the table. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, well, Digger's still around. We never killed him. Um, that they had to they had to close close the book on a couple of these characters, especially knowing that Suicide Squad two is going to happen. Not very surprised that that if that was the end of this character. Yeah, so. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I love too the well you you don't seem too bright just standing in the open like this. What kind of ass backward strategy is that? And Malcolm's, <laughs> Malcolm's last words, let me show you. And he steps off the landmine. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think we, yeah, I think we've seen the end of both of these characters. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, oh God. Um, again, it, there, there's really not a lot of plot driven things that happen other than, uh, with, with Oliver. Um, you know, well, it's, it's really, it's that end. We can talk about that end forever. Um, but I mean, again, it was, you know, the, the best brief sum up you could even do of this episode is, you know, save all of your friends, final showdown. And then that's the best way I can put it. Uh, it's a lot <laughs> of small fights. Um, it's a lot of small, but epic and fun and amazingly cool fights to watch. Oh, yeah. Um, and I loved watching Slade and Ollie Dust throwing it up <laughs> during all of this. I mean, not even growing it up, but it's a really nice callback to season one. Watching them on the island together 10 years beforehand um, and how all this played out and watching that old friendship kind of rekindled a little bit. And at least not friendship, but um, trust. There was a level of trust and honor between them, between everything that went down here. And I, I think it was really amazing to have that wonderful callback that happened. So. That was, I think, such a strong aspect here, and having them together worked so incredibly well. Yeah, and I think uh, my only question about everything is that I heard a rumor, I heard a story, I don't know if we reported on it or not, um, 
but I, I thought I read somewhere too that Manu Bennett wasn't actually in the mask most of the time. Um, he only did the voiceover for it. Uh, I don't know if there's any truth to that. Um, because I was watching the episode the second time with that in mind, and I knew there were scenes like he was in the prison cell, uh, which was great. I mean, you could film that on a shoot, and then they were in the temple. You could film that on a set. Um, but every moment you saw on the actual island of Lian Yu, which was shot on location, you didn't see Manu Bennett with the mask off until one particular moment when you did. And that's what made me think that that report we saw was actually wrong and that he yeah. was in the mask the whole time. Yeah. So, um, again, I don't know what the truth behind that is, but um, at this point, uh, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, I no. think in the, in the grand scheme of things, he probably was on set for about three or four days for filming. They got all the sequences done. He was able to get back over to New, uh, you know, New Zealand to continue uh, Shannara. Uh, but the fact that they even had him there and had as much screen time with him and Ollie on screen together was great. Um, regardless, it, it just did not matter, but I think um, – Having him have that much presence, masculine or off, and even if he was dialing in, uh, you know, and just redoing, you know, ADR to to be dubbed in, uh, it, it still worked flawlessly. It was very, very happy with the outcome of all of it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I, I I wasn't disappointed, even if that was the case. Uh, you're right. The, the editing was great. So I don't fault them for it at all because they pulled it off extremely well. So, um, I guess let's just talk about the ending. Um, cause I really don't know of anything else we can talk about. Well, like, I guess it's the big setup that we have to kind of really break down into. I mean, one of the key things uh, we have to address, because I know there's people that are going to be all for it. And we have to obviously dive into this when we get to the end is one of the, the factors is obviously that, uh, Oliver's son is on the Island as is, his, uh, you know, his, you know, son's, you know, William's mother as well. I can never remember her name for the life of me. Um, and then the entirety of the team. So as everybody is now trying to find a way off of the island, uh, they find a shit ton of bombs covering the entirety of the island of Lian Yu, pretty much everywhere you can imagine. And obviously this is Adrian has planned for every outcome. It's that whole 10 steps ahead constantly. Um, and that went up to the last second of the episode, man. He was still 10 steps ahead, and I loved that moment never ended. This locked him in as being the show's absolute best villain, hands down, without question in my mind. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but as we see them try to figure out the situation as Oliver's trying to track down Prometheus, find his son, William, um, they realize there is no way to shut off any of the devices that are across the island. Their only matter of escaping is a, a plane that has been disabled. Um, and they have no way to fix this. So as Ollie is chasing down Prometheus, they get to the boat. They find out that he's got a dead man switch. The moment that he dies, that island goes up in smoke, uh, along with everybody that matters to, to Ollie. So knowing that that was going to happen, you're like, how do they get through this? And we still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's one hell of a cliffhanger. Um you know, that, that we're led into with going into the sixth season. Uh, I mean, we, we, we're going to assume that everybody survives. Um, or most of them survive. Maybe there are some casualties in this. I mean, we know it's not going to be Renee or Dinah. Um, hopefully it's not Diggle. Um, I'd be okay if it was Felicity. Um, 
But it, well, we know it won't be Thea. I mean, that's the biggest thing right now. Is this was an amazing episode? It had an amazing finale because when it ended, you were like, "Wait, you got to be kidding me!" They're they're ending it here, and you're like, "Oh, you sons of bitches!" Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, though, too, when you take a step back, like as exceptional as the episode was, um, you know. 95% of those characters are making it off of the island. The only ones that I think that are even possible to be dead by the end of this is William's mother, Slade, and maybe one of the team members. And if it's any of the team members, my bet would be Felicity. And that's, I don't think, and yeah. I don't think they're going to kill off anybody else. I do not think there is any chance it could be anyone else. Because we know for the longest time, even Mark Guggenheim came out a couple weeks ago and said, we will never cross this one specific line or two specific lines in the, the, the show of Arrow. Felicity will never actually be a traditional hero with a costume in the current timeline. We played with it, obviously, in Legends in you know Doom World. Uh, and they said they would never, ever kill Will Holland's character. They would never kill Thea. Um so that takes her immediately off the board. We know Rick Gonzalez uh, and, well, you know, we, we know Wild Dog and Dinah uh, are season regulars next season. They're immediately off the board. Um, I would be really shocked if they were, like, and very, very surprised. It would feel like the move that would make the least amount of sense to kill Diggle at this point, because that's kind of been Oliver's brother in arms through the thick of this. They've done a little bit too much setup of potentially rekindling the relationship with Felicity that I could see them having that as the twist of the knife. And yeah. that's why my brain is thinking if they're going to kill somebody, it might really be her. So okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm really not sure. And that's kind of why I said under my breath I'd be okay if it was Felicity because I, I could. Um, I, I could be okay with that. Yeah. So um, – but it would definitely have a serious emotional impact on the show. It, it absolutely would. And I think it would give a big emotional connection if they did kill her. I think if right now out of the entirety of the cast, Diggle or her's death would be the two, the only big deaths you could really have outside of maybe like Quentin. Um, actually, no, I would pretty much say everybody pretty much still at this point, with the exception of probably William's mother, because we really don't know her as a character. Um, which is also, I think, a high chance, too, that she would be the one to die, though it now changes the status quo for next season as Oliver as an active father now. Um, so that's a big wait and see. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and in all honesty, she's a character that could be kind of written off at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be interesting. It would be an interesting dynamic to see um, – Oliver have to step up and be a father at the same time while being mayor and being a hero. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that be, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, well, I have an important question for you. Alrighty. I like important so, questions. Um, do you think this is a new segment or an old segment coming back to the show for the summer? Casket watch? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It was something we did when we saw an image of a tombstone and we knew for sure somebody was dying. Um, we don't know for sure somebody's dying this time. Yeah, um, I, I really, I generally, I think honestly, in the grand scheme of things, I think the only person that's really going to die in the mixture of all this 
And if it's going to be two people, it's going to be William's mother and maybe Slade. Um, I think outside of that, I think everybody gets it off, gets off the island. So I, I hope everybody, I, I kind of hope for the show's sake, everybody gets off the island too. But uh, I do too. Yeah. But if, again, I reiterate my point that if I could see anybody written off, I could see it be Felicity not making it off the island. Yeah. So, um, I want to say too, that final moment when Josh Segarra, uh, Adrian Chase does commit suicide and he activates that dead man switch and we see the island go up. Man, if that was CGI, it was awesome CGI. But if that was actual pyrotechnics, holy shit, did they spend a lot of money <laughs> on pyrotechnics for that show. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was CGI money. <laughs> hey, you never know. It, you, it could have just been a bunch of fireworks. It didn't actually have to be explosions. So, But yeah, it was most likely CGI. Yeah. Um, uh, but it was but really, no, uh, it was a really cool moment seeing that island going up, knowing like, holy shit, what the hell's happened to everybody on the island, and just seeing Oliver, um, you know, embracing William, and it's um, it's a hell of a way to end the season. Uh, and hearkening uh, back really nicely to the destruction of Starlink City in the end of uh, season one. Yeah, exactly. So I, I thought it was a really great tie, uh, tying that all together. Um. But man, to continue on though with Josh Segarra, that final few moments, uh, those were just viciously brutal and just brilliantly acted. It was just him looking at Ollie and William and it's just like, you know, the two of you are together. You have each other. That's good. That's really good. Because uh, you're going to need each other right now. Uh, and I kind of love that he set it up. It's kind of like, you know, he should have his father. It's that moment that Ollie and him, or Ollie and his dad, um, you know, in the beginning of all this, trapped on a boat together or on that raft. And uh, do they survive this? How 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 does all this go down? All all these things. It's all these things that mirror the beginning of all of this. Um, just brilliantly, twistedly done. Uh, and so incredibly done. Um, you know, Prometheus, without question, out of every one of these shows, with the exception of maybe Reverse Flash, best villain to date in the Arrowverse, hands down. Okay. Um uh, yeah, and uh, right now, as as we're recording this, um, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest London is happening. Um, obviously in London, uh, and it's huge for Fan Fest because they're only over there once a year, so they they get a huge turnout. Like this, they, they sell out of everything every year, from photo ops to autographs to tickets to VIPs. They sell out of everything in London. Um, and Josh Segarra is a guest in London right now. And apparently from everything I've been seeing and following, uh, he's a hit over there. Like he is just having a blast with the fans. Um, there are, I've seen a bunch of people I know who are actually over there, uh, posting photo ops that they did of the professional photo ops with Josh Segarra and Stephen Amell, where they're hugging Josh Segarra and Stephen Amell is over to the side, just like looking sad. <laughs> um, which I think is brilliant. I love, I, I love picture. I love seeing pictures like that too. Um, so yeah, so apparently he's a huge hit and you're right, man. He has been such a standout in this season, uh, from both Prometheus and Adrian Chase. There is one thing still remaining about this season. Who I'm... the fuck <laughs> is under the mask? <laughs> A vigilante. Oh, um, God damn it. It I, was the one closure point I wanted this season. And I did not get it. I'm, 
You know what? Screw it. This gets a sidekick. No, it's kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but you know what? I'm kind of glad they left it hanging into next season because I hope we get more Vigilante now. I do too. And I love the fact that that's now still a mystery. But it adds to the question. Do the writers know who Vigilante is? My guess or, is no. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so this could, in essence, be a character, since it's carrying over into season six, this could, in essence, be a character we have not met yet. Yeah. Which is great. That means they didn't have to shoehorn in a character that we don't know yet. Um, I'd say, hey, they, now you're looking at the small cast of characters. No, well, not small. I mean, Arrow's got a pretty hefty cast of characters, but, um, now they, they have a chance to really make sure that that gets the unveiling it deserves because they built it up so nicely at this point. Um, and now we get to see that play out next season and that makes me even more excited. So. And, and I said this before too. Um, I would not be utterly disappointed if this is a character we never find out who it is. That would also still be, I think, really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I, I'd actually be very happy with that. Uh, now, you know what? We, there is a big important thing we have to go back and discuss, though, about this episode that we completely skipped over. That's the closeout of the flashbacks, the Lian Yu flashbacks. Ollie gets off the island in these episodes, in this episode. So, um, which I thought they handled brilliantly. I loved every moment of that sequence. Like, we see him, you know, take down Constantine Kovar, uh, and then within seconds, He's just kind of like, crap, I have to be at this exact moment. And when you watch all of this link into the opening of the the show uh, from episode one, it it was flawless. Yeah, it was so flawless. And it was such a great nod to how everything worked out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, where do the flashbacks go from here now into next season, though? That's the. um that's the question. Um, do we see flashbacks of other characters or do we just eliminate flashbacks at this point? Well, I think there is a high chance we know what the flashbacks are going to be. Um, and I, it just kind of clicked now because here's the thing is these shows all run into the same timeline. They all start and take place right around the same point. So I don't think we're going to click in exactly of, hey, this is, you know – seconds after the season ended i don't think that's how this is going to start next season in season six i think we're going to be in star city when season six begins and there's going to be somebody one or two people notably absent and maybe the flashbacks tell us how uh the people that were on the island survived that's interesting i never even thought of that yeah i never Uh, even thought of that it kind of is a little nod back to uh Something that DC did uh, years and years ago uh, after, I think it was uh, Infinite Crisis. It was either Infinite Crisis or Final Crisis when they did one year later. And all the books started one year after a major thing happens. And the rest of that year was telling us what actually did go down in that time beforehand. Because obviously we know these all these shows can't pick up seconds after because time has to pass. Um, if Barry's gone, it has no weight if he's gone for... Five minutes and then, hey, guys, I'm back, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. But I think we can jump forward time a little bit. There's going to be some notable absences. And then we'll figure out bit by bit through the first couple episodes who still re- got off the island, who who is alive. And we'll see and be thrust into a new status quo. Uh, they said new status quo next season. 
And I think that's how it's going to start is they're going to have us thrust immediately into it and we're going to fill in the backstory. And I, and I think Steven has even come out and said, I think it was, it was quoted this, this weekend at FanFest, um, that next season is all about family. So, um, that could be a good chance of, you know, William being a part of the storyline next season and, um, possibly even Samantha if she does survive getting off the island. So, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see where things go. We yeah, have Black Siren and, uh, and, you know, Quentin maybe re- finding a way to connect. Uh, it's a very high chance because we know Katie Cassie is a season regular next season. Yes. So she's obviously in the mix of this somehow. Um, the question is, is Katrina Law and Talia still around? Like all these characters that were separated before everything happened. Like, it's just the question of, man, so many questions from just this quick moment. It, it just leaves you with a thousand and one questions. Yeah. Um, and again, it was, it was a flawless finale. Uh, every, every fight was well-deserved, well-earned. There was plenty of moments to geek out. Um, we say goodbye to, again, John Berriman, uh, which was such a great addition to this show from its inception. Um, and then, again, you leave us with a cliffhanger that changes everything that we know about the show uh, for next season. And we have no idea where it's going to go, and I can't wait to see news trickle out over the summer and find out where we're going to be. So. Uh, so yeah, I think all in all season five, um, probably my favorite season yeah, of, of this show. So especially with that finale, which I had mentioned before too, um, uh, got a 10 out of 10 from IGN, which I think is unheard of, uh, especially how critical they are of everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I want to make mention of something too, and uh, people will be able to, uh, to see this when I post the footage. Um, but I, we had an interesting conversation. Me and uh, David Ramsey and I had an interesting conversation on stage. Um, and I'm posing this question to you because this is why I'm bringing this up. Um, that one of the things that David brought up was that where's Diggle's doppelganger? Like everybody else has gotten a doppelganger in this show, you know, thanks to Flashpoint. But Diggle doesn't have one. So who is... And this was something that was brought up in the beginning of the panel, and we I made mention by the end of it that by the end of the panel, I would have an idea who his doppelganger was. And we threw out a couple ideas throughout it, but I came up with a final conclusion. Like, one of them, obviously, was John Stewart of the Green Lantern Corps, uh, a possible doppelganger for him. Uh, we jokingly said that um, in on Earth-17... Uh, um, Batman is Batman's alter ego is John Diggle, not Bruce <laughs> Wayne. Um, but I did come up with a very interesting one that David actually enjoyed hearing. Um, but I'm curious before I tell you what it is, any ideas from you on who Diggle's doppelganger would be? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but my, my, my heart always says I, I would have loved to have seen him as John Stewart. So. And he even admitted too that he thought that would be a pretty cool idea. Um, but <laughs> I threw it out there as a joke and he actually enjoyed it. My idea for John Diggle's doppelganger is David Ramsey. <laughs> is that he, he runs into his doppelganger on another earth and his other, and his doppelganger on another earth is an actor <laughs> by the name of David Ramsey. And <laughs> he even told me, he's like, you know, he's like, that'd be a lot of fun, especially considering that John Diggle would kick David Ramsey's ass. <laughs> he's like, David Ramsey wouldn't stand a chance against John Diggle. 
um, but that was a lot of fun. That was that was a really fun panel, and I can't wait to get that up there for everybody to watch because that was just a blast yeah, uh, talking to them. And that'll be up soon too. It's going to be my recommendation, my recommendation again for the week. Um, but another thing I want to throw out there real quick before we move into the news and recommendations and everything is, uh, for those of you that did not see it, we'll post the video on fa- on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Uh, Stephen Amell ran Celebrity Ninja Warrior this weekend. Well, he ran it a while ago, but it aired. Uh, it finally aired Thursday night on Red Nose Day. Um, uh, Rob, I don't know if you had a chance to see it yet. I did. Uh, he destroyed it. And not only destroyed it, but he continued on to the main course afterwards. Uh, just so he could do the salmon ladder and prove to people it's really him doing the salmon ladder. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was great. Um, we've known for a while what the results were. We yeah. just had to be kind of somewhat quiet about him because we had to wait for it to air. Although I think we still spoiled it a while back. Uh, but it was really fun to watch him actually finally run the course and 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 see how well he is and how fucking in shape that guy is. Seriously, like if I could be in half the shape that guy's in, um, I don't know what it would mean, but it would be awesome. Then <laughs> <laughs> then we 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 would be healthy. That's, that's true. What it would mean. That, that's true. <laughs> we would be in shape. That's all it means. Um, let's move on to the news. Okay, all right. So there's not too much to talk about. There is one big story. We'll save that one to the end here. Uh, the first one, we're going to go into a little bit about Injustice 2. Um, actually, not new characters, but a character that was cut. Uh, and a little disappointing to, to see, because we did get a quick screenshot of uh, his design. Uh, and that was uh, Static uh, from Static Shock. Was actually a design for Injustice 2 that was unused, and the character they decided not to include more than likely has to do with the character rights more than anything else, because that character's rights have bounced all over the place the last couple of years, and I don't believe he is actually currently part of DC. Uh, traditionally, I think he is still part of Milestone again, and I think uh, somebody else owns his character rights at the moment. So there's a high chance of the reason why. He was in uh, the original Injustice 1 mobile game, though. So, um, But it's kind of a shame to see that uh, Static is not in there, but... If you look up, you'll you'll be able to find the photo. Uh, but let's jump over into a couple other things here. There's a couple smaller things to discuss this week before we get into the big story. Uh, one of the small ones is another show heading to Cartoon Network. Uh, this is the DC Superhero Girls uh, TV show is going to officially start. There's a couple directed DVD you know movies and things that are on demand in you know iTunes. Uh, obviously, the the doll line has become a really big thing for uh, for young girls, and it's kind of cool that they're actually pursuing and going through with this and actually making a full direct TV show. So uh, props to props to Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers, like I said, gives uh, girls a little bit more of an entryway into uh, superheroes as well. But we know the show is going to uh, indeed start Batgirl, Wonder Woman, uh, I think Katana, Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and uh, Supergirl. So uh, jumping over into some discussions on the TV side of the things, uh, like I said, there is a great video out there of John Berriman saying goodbye to the Arrowverse as he officially departs the show, um, as we mentioned already in the past. So if you haven't gotten a chance, if you uh, jump over to his, I think it's on his Twitter, uh, which is uh, John Scott Berriman, um, you can check out and watch his video up there. So, And like I said, I, I will still believe it when I see it. But uh, if, uh, if they really write him <laughs> off permanently, because, again, off-screen deaths don't mean anything, in my opinion. Um, unless we see it, unless we see a body, it's like any kind of uh, James Bond villain. It's like, was there a body? Then he's still out there. 
Um, so, understandable. Uh, so, so I'm kind of curious if, like, again, but I, I do think he is probably as as we did put it is written off. But uh, the door is still open. It's a wait and see. Um, jumping into the film world, though, there is some things we have to discuss. Um, big surprise, Warner Brothers Films and the DCEU loses yet again another director. That being by uh, the way of Doug Liman, who is no longer attached to helm the Justice League Dark film. This is now the second director that this uh, this actual film has lost at this point. The original being Guillermo del Toro, who originally worked on this for quite some time before uh, his script was uh Tossed out, and he left the project a long time back. Um, and then we recently saw Doug Lyman jump in after he left uh, Gambit. Now uh, it sounds like there are two potential people eyed to helm the uh, the film, which is uh, Andy Machete, which is uh, the person that is directing the new uh, feature film of uh, and remake of it. And now the second one being uh, I'm going to screw this up because Warner Brothers <laughs> loves to mess with me by giving me tricky names to try to pronounce, but Damien. Shifrin. Uh he is attached to Universal's upcoming uh and stalled six billion uh six billion dollar man movie. Uh but I think he's done a couple other smaller projects, but he is also apparently one of these people that is uh, attached to maybe potentially helm the uh the film if it does indeed move forward. I think at this point in time, Warner Brothers and the DCEU needs to stop announcing directors, and when a movie is about to move forward and it starts shooting, they can announce, hey, Principal photography has begun with director such and such because then they're locked in. Um, it's just a better way because it feels like every two or three months there's another director no longer attached to a DCEU project. Here, so. Here's my thing on this, though, and uh, tell me if you feel the same way. I kind of feel like as much as I want to put the blame fully on the DCEU for this, I feel like most of the blame for all these different directors comes from Warner Brothers. It doesn't come from DC. No, um, it doesn't. It, it, because this is... I think it's totally Warner Brothers. I think Warner Brothers is too focused on trying to recreate the success that Marvel has in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that if they see things that aren't going their way or they see things that just scare them slightly, um, they either remove a director to replace him or they do enough to scare a director to leave on his own. And I think that's part of the problem. I think it's one of the reasons why they're not finding the success that Marvel has. And I'm starting to find more and more as time goes on that the blame falls more on Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers than it does on DC. And again, that doesn't change the fact that these movies to me haven't been that good lately, but DC Warner Brothers has to get over the fact that you're not going to find the success that Marvel has. Marvel Studios are their own entity now and they have the full confidence in the directors they hire to let them do what they need to do warner brothers needs to take that stance or these movies are never going to find success yeah i i think it's the downside is it's it's just warner brothers needs to allow dc to have its own dc films brand yeah uh, and just let them do what they they know best which is their characters they, they they have this history and they know their history and they know how to best handle them it's why marvel succeeded so well is uh, studio politics, for the most part, got out of the way. Um, you know, you did see some of that, you know, in the middle of uh, Marvel for a little while when some of the films started being a little shaky, and then they turned it back around. But I think one of the key things is right now is uh, they need to have faith in the people that they're hiring. Um, I mean, granted, there's been a couple people that walked away from some of the DCEU films, and they walked away because uh, they had the really wrong idea for some of these characters. I mean... You know, Patty Jenkins 
directing Wonder Woman, I'm very thankful that she's the one there. Because uh, the whoever was originally attached before wanted her to have a talking tiger companion. Um, so, obviously, it was uh, poor choicing on who the original director was the first time around. And uh, they, they got it right from what it sounds like. And we'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that later this week. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's uh, – this is – it's disappointing, but again, you know, Doug Lyman also walked away from Gambit, so there, it, there's a thousand and one questions. The reasoning is for everything, but uh, you know, they they've got some right people in the right places right now. Uh, now it's just waiting and seeing what happens. So, um, but speaking of which, we have to get to the big story and the last story of the week, actually, which is uh, Zack Snyder is officially has departed from Justice League. Um, and make no bones about it. I mean, Ben and I both are not the biggest fans of his, but uh, Ben said it best uh, when we talked uh, privately was this is not a way you want to see anybody leave. No, uh, not at all. Leave a project ever. Um, and that was after last month, uh, his daughter, Autumn, uh, committed suicide. Uh, she was only 20 years old. And uh, he kept things very quiet, as did the studios, everybody in Hollywood. Nobody knew about this. It was very, very quiet. Um and he is now at this point where he said, um, and this is his official quote, in my mind, uh, it thought it was a cathartic thing to do was to go back to work, to just bury myself and see if there was a way through everything that I'm going through. The mans of this job are very intense. Uh, it's all consuming. In the last two months, I've come to the realization I've decided to take a step back from the movie and to be with my family, be with my kids. And they are the people that really need me. They all have they're all having an incredibly hard time. I'm having a very hard time. I mean, um, ma- massive props to him for even going back to work after something like that. Cause I know I couldn't do it. Um, you know, so it's, it, it, I have a lot of respect for the fact that he even attempted it. Uh, it's, you know, it's like I said, I, I was never excited to hear that he was directing this movie. Um, but you know, like I said before we were talking, this is not a way you want to see anybody leave a project. I don't wish this on anybody at all. Um, you know, so I, it's a kind of a double edged sword. Uh, while in one time you're, you're very sad for Zach and, and everything that his family is going through right now. Um, at the same time, you're, you're kind of a, a little, I don't want to say excited because you don't want to be excited anytime that this happens to anybody. Uh, but a little pleased that the movie that he's not going to be. Um, the director of the movie any longer. However, that being said, and I don't mean to step on any more of your news story if I am, but, um, the movie's done. Um, he, he's director, he directed everything when it came to all the shoots and everything. All that's really left is any reshoots and editing and post production that need to be done. Um, we know who's going to be doing that. I'll let you say that in a second, but, um, he's going to get directorial credit on this film. This is still his movie. Whether he's not a part of the project any longer or not, this is still a Zack Snyder film. Mm-hmm. So um, it, 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 this isn't going to change anything about the movie. Um, it's it's basically any reshoots that are going to happen um, by the new director who's stepping in. Um, you know this director, while he has his own style, is going to stick to what Zack knows because that's what this movie is. It's Zack's baby, so he he's going to zick he's going to stick to Zack's style when it comes to any reshoots or post production editing that he has to do. Yeah. Uh, now, before we get into that, there was actually more to read as far as um, sorry Zack's Zack's statement. Um, and then uh, he went on to continue and said, "Here's the thing: I never planned to make any of this public." I thought it would just be a, uh, in the family, a private matter. 
uh, our private star that we would deal with. When it became obvious that I needed to take a break, knew that there would be a narrative created on the internet, that's exactly what they do. The truth is I'm past caring about any of that kind of thing right now. Um, he's like, I want the movie to be amazing, and I'm a fan, but all that pales pretty pretty quickly in comparison. I know the fans are going to be worried about the movie, but there are seven, uh, seven other kids that need me, and in the end, it's just a movie. It's a good movie, but it's just a movie. And that's that. I think that was the most telling thing is sh- saying that I'm very happy to the fact that he actually, after he did bring this up, a lot of people actually were really amazing and actually reached out to him and said a lot of kind words. I mean, the Internet can be a very dark and nasty place. And I'm very happy to see that for the most part, things have been very, very positive. So um, now who is indeed uh, taking over directorial you know, job on the uh, the remnant of the film. You know, so as far as editing reshoots is uh, Joss Whedon, uh, which is very exciting to see, uh, you know, that he's getting his feet wet here before he, t- you know, jumps into Batgirl. We know he's been working with Zach for quite some time now on the film, uh, probably shortly after uh, his daughter passed away. Uh, he probably started already working with him. Um, and then when he actually had to step away, um, you know, Zach knew the film would be in good hands. So. Uh, but as as Ben mentioned, though, too, I don't think you're going to see something drastically different. Again, this is still Zach's film. I'm very happy to see that uh, somebody very competent that can help make sure that this film is put together in the best way possible is somebody that's going to have uh, a stake in the future of the DCEU. And I'm very happy that it's Joss Whedon. So. I am, too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, again, uh, our hearts definitely go out to, to Zach. And uh, I'm very sorry to hear about the loss of uh, his daughter, though. So not the way you ever want to see anybody have to step down from a project. Um, Indeed. so, uh, that is, uh, that wraps up the news this week. Um, so between the sadness there, the sadness of losing HR and, uh, John Berriman, uh, in, in the Arrowverse. Um, <laughs> and possibly Monel for a little while. Uh, yeah, very possible. So very emotional week. Um, but yes, so, uh, let's get our recommendations and get out of here. Sounds good. Cause we are at almost two hours already. We're at about an yes. hour and 45 minutes. Okay. Um, my recommendations for the week, again, are just to keep an eye out on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime and our next level Facebook page, uh, next level radio, uh, well, next level radio online.com as well as, uh, facebook.com slash next level radio online for all of the photos, interviews, and panels from Harrisburg Comic Con last weekend. Uh, I will hopefully be putting the finishing touches on all of that stuff between today and tomorrow, Memorial Day. Because it looks like we're going to get rained out on Memorial Day, which kind of sucks. Um, so I'll be using an edit, which is fun. And finally play Injustice, too, because I haven't done it yet. Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. my recommendation is keep an eye out for all that um, all that coverage. For me specifically, is actually the same thing. It's just keep checking out that coverage from uh, Harrisburg. Uh, I that The interview between Adam and Michelle Harrison that gets crashed uh, <laughs> is such a great video. Uh, so if you haven't got a chance to check that out and watch that, make sure you get a chance to do so. And uh, bone up on your uh, fighting game skills because Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, for at least an hour, if not two hours, we will be uh, doing our fight night. The winner of that gets to host an episode of uh, DC Primetime this sum- this summer. Um, in addition to that, there are two uh, I think what we'll do is up until, let's say, I don't know, two weeks. Let's give two weeks, two Sundays from now. You also have a chance to write in as well on uh, DC, uh, you know, sorry, blah, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And tell us why you should host an episode. We will have uh, the winner of the fight night 
Um, and the winner of the, uh, the, I guess the best way to put it is the essay. No, (laughs) um, uh, both get a chance to come up with their own idea for an episode for one of the, for later this summer where me and Ben will be your co-hosts. And, uh, yeah, I'm super looking forward to doing that. But again, this Wednesday, I know there's, uh, we definitely have a split user base. I know some people don't have a game console. Some people have an Xbox and we are only doing this on PS4. Uh, I know right now it is me, Ben, and Shad. I believe there's one or two other people that have friended us as well. So, um, but like I said, we're looking forward to jumping in and doing this just to have a good time. So we will see you guys Wednesday night. So, uh, we'll have a good time with that. And, uh, we're looking forward to seeing some of those write-ins. And uh, I know we're already talking uh, a little bit. Me and Paul were joking from Bats and Bows that we just need to. Why have we waited so long to get do a show together? So I think we're going to try to plan that for this summer sometime too. That so. would be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, uh, oh God, I had something else too, and I can't. Re- oh, I remember what it was now. Um, also, the other thing I wanted to mention too is. Uh, keep an eye out f- on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime around 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, Tuesday night. Uh, Rob and I will be doing a Facebook live, uh, on the Facebook page with our spoiler free review of Wonder Woman because we're going to see a screening Tuesday night. Uh, and possibly a special guest. Part of that, um, if Craig? <laughs> Craig, yeah, I think Craig most likely will be at that screening too. So if it is, uh, if you remember Craig from last season, we haven't had him on at all this season. Uh, but if you remember, we really haven't had many guests at all this season. No, we've been, we've been busy just trying to keep up with the show. Yeah. Uh, but if you remember Craig at all from last season, who, who was on a couple times with us, uh, we will, um, uh, most likely have him on the, the, um, the Facebook live with us too while we're there. Cause he'll be there. And as I mentioned last week, I'll probably most likely be giving him a ride home. So, uh, I'll tell him he has to in order for me to give him a ride. He's got to join us. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep it as spoiler free as possible. We'll probably be keeping it very light. Cause I think we may still be under official media embargo at that point. I'll have I to believe so. I believe, uh, at midnight. Uh, at midnight, we we can say more, um, but we can at least tell you a little something at ten, and then check back maybe probably around midnight. Um, I'll at least say a little something more. Yeah, and I'll and I'll be writing an official review for Next Level too, so uh, that'll be on nextlevelradioonline.com at some point. Uh, hopefully by Wednesday that it'll be up, because uh, once the embargo lifts, I can I can post it. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, cheap plugs, and then we get out. Uh, I, I've mentioned most of mine already. Uh, the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com and the Facebook page for next level as a whole, next level radio, uh, facebook.com slash next level radio online. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for me, you can always uh, head over to nextlevelradioonline.com as well and check out Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, which is the monthly geek culture podcast. Uh, very timely, uh, that we just released an episode all about Joss Whedon as, uh, this news story hit, I think was the day after. Um, so kind of crazy. Uh, when we were recording it, it was just coming hot off the heels that Roseanne was coming back. Uh, and we even brought that up when we recorded. And then as we release it is when the news about Zach, uh, walking away from, uh, Justice League, uh, did hit and that Joss was taking over directorial, uh, you know, duties at this point. So, uh, if you get a second, Jump over there. It's a little over two hours. Uh, it was a ton of fun to do. Ben is indeed in on that as well. Um, 
But it was a ton of fun to discuss. And as always, do make sure you head over to our good friend George Shaw's page, which is georgeshawmusic.com. He is gracious enough to provide us with uh, the music that opens and closes this show every week. And uh, we are coming up on annuals. I don't know if we're going to start them next week or if we're going to give ourselves uh, maybe a filler episode next week and then we can prep. Uh, and go from there. Maybe I, next. Maybe next week is just going to be a short one. We'll we'll just review Wonder Woman and uh, talk I, I about think, the fight night. I think that sounds like a plan because I think I, I need a little bit more than a week to rewatch some episodes of Legends because I think that's going to be the first one we do. I think we are going to start with Legends and then uh, I think we're going to dive into Supergirl. We're going to go in order after that: Supergirl, uh, Flash, then Arrow. Yes. Uh, and so then probably two we weeks. Said, yep. Yep. So. Uh, so yeah, so Legends in two weeks next week. Again, short episode, probably maybe only 30 minutes, 45 minutes, give or take. We'll figure that one out. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. But uh, you can definitely tune in and get our uh, early thoughts about Wonder Woman and then tune in to the episode next week for our full review. So. Yep. So. All right. Uh, as always, we thank you for being a part of the community, for posting and messaging and commenting on the Facebook page, uh, as well as listening to us and sharing things. Uh, we get new people who post on the page every week, and we love it. Uh, so our community is definitely growing. Um, our subscriber numbers are growing. Our listener numbers are growing. The community is growing. We love it. Um, and the more we get, man, the more we can start bringing you. So we thank everybody for, for being a part of it. Uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up. We'll see you guys next week. We'll see you around the bend. Take care. Peace.